Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I am your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening as usual, you know this show is all about horror and science fiction and fantasy and gems in the rough and grindhousey, crazy, weird stuff. Today I'm bringing you one of those weird movies that uh, I happen to quite enjoy and uh, have watched numerous times over the years. Um... Unfortunately, this is one movie that has never, ever seen a even remotely half-decent release on home video, be it on uh, VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, Blu-ray, all that good stuff. Uh, the only version of this movie that I'm going to talk about is uh, a beyond-awful VHS copy. I mean, it, it did have a VHS release, but it, it was awful. And it has been released to DVD, but it's the same VHS transfer. Uh, full screen with awful sound and even worse picture quality. This movie can be found on Amazon. It can be on Amazon Prime. It can be found on YouTube. I believe that it might be even public domain at this point, um, which is unfortunate because the movie uh, deserves so much more than that. So, oh, and this is also, you can find this on those uh, horror, like those 50 movie uh, horror packs. Uh, I believe that Mill Creek may have put it out on a double feature DVD many years ago uh, with, um, I think the Medusa was the other movie on the disc, but again, it's all from VHS and you're probably wondering what, what is, what movie, what, come on, give us the movie. Okay. The movie is 1986's Dead Time Stories. And this is one that I have watched, many, like I said, many, many times. And I just got done watching it again because I get I, I got so tired of waiting for this movie, uh, any version of this movie other than the, the garbage uh, VHS rip that is circulating and, and around. And I believe it's even somewhat cut. Uh, but, hey, it's, it's the best that you're going to get at this point. What's funny is on IMDb, and the movie came out on uh, November 28th, 1986, and it's, it's got a runtime of an hour and 33 minutes, but the only version that is available is an hour and 21 minutes, but I don't think that that is an accurate uh, runtime. I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, this movie um, is it, it's closer to the hour and 21 minutes. I'm not sure where that hour and 33 comes from, but even with the uh, several small trims, I think, that were made to obtain an R rating, I, I can't imagine that they're going to equivalent, you know, come up with 10 minutes of extra footage. And by edited footage, I mean, there's just a couple snippets here and there of some nudity and a little bit of, uh, of violence. But all in all, from what I'm seeing online, it looks like maybe, I mean, Maybe 30 seconds, and that's probably pushing it. So, anyway, first things first, Dead Time Stories. The first time I ever heard of this movie, uh, and this is kind of funny, but I was in high school. This is 1986. So, I'm in high school, uh, oh, man, probably middle school. I don't know. Um, and uh, I remember I was in, um, oh, was it computer, or not computer class, typewriter class? I don't know. Whatever class I was in, 
the uh, teacher had a newspaper there, and uh, we were uh, just chilling out, and I actually was flipping through the teacher's newspaper. And what do I look for? What do I always? What did I always look for whenever I would get a hold of a newspaper? The movie listings, what's playing and what's coming out, because that was my internet back then, was the newspaper. So I ripped through this newspaper trying to find, uh, trying to find the movie listings. And I, if I remember correctly, it was this teacher was from not she. It was a, it was a she. I'm not sure what her name is anymore, but um, I don't believe that she lived in the in that in. Podunk Holmes County. I think that she had a drive. So she brought a paper in from, I think it was Canton. And so flipping through it, because it's like, wow, this is like, this is amazing. I'm able to look through a Canton newspaper. Wow, this is great. And so I, which Canton is where I live now, and Canton is a bigger city, uh, or medium-sized city, I guess you could say. So I find the movie listings, and back then it was, here's the theaters, Here's what's playing, and then here's a small, like, maybe pick up your iPhone or whatever smartphone you have. It's the, the size of your phone. That was pretty much the size of the advertisement in the newspaper. So there you go. Your smartphone was your advertisement in a newspaper with the listings in the theater and all that good stuff. And lo and behold, there's this picture of, uh, of this. And there's two different covers for this movie, by the way. But the one that I remember as a kid was this book, and this monster hand is holding out this book, and it says Dead Time Stories on it, and there's like a witch on the book, and there's a knife rammed in the front of the book. That's the one poster. That's the, that's the poster that I'm most used to. The other poster is this troll-looking, like a tight shot of a troll thing, and now all of this is obviously, you know, actual artwork, not... Photoshop, obviously, and not a not an actual picture or something, but it's artwork. But it's an up close shot of some creature type thing, and out of its mouth, out of its huge mouth, is like a, a claw hand and a skull and eyeballs and uh, all sorts of crazy, weird stuff coming out of this this ghouly thing's uh, mouth. So those are the two uh, posters. But the one that I remember as a, a young teenager was this book that says dead time stories and the, had the, the claw holding it. And, um, I don't know how I got the, the actual theatrical poster, but I got that poster way back. Uh, after I watched the movie for the first time, I got that poster. Um, I have a feeling that it was from a, like a gas station VHS rental place. And they had a bunch of posters that they had hanging on their walls and they were like free or like a quarter, a quarter, uh, poster or something like that. So one of them was dead time stories, that poster. So I bought it and I hung it on my wall and it lasted all of, I don't know, maybe a couple days, if that. And then my parents t- took it down, of course, because it's horror, you see. So anyway, um, so I was intrigued by this movie, dead time stories, just because of the cover. I'm like, that looks so great. Um, I'll, of course, never watch it because it's in a land far, far away. I have no idea how I would even get to see it, and it's a horror movie, and I'm not allowed to watch horror movies and blah, blah, blah. Uh, jump forward a year, maybe, and I'm with my I'm, – I'm spending the night at my buddy's house, and lucky for me, his mom doesn't care if we watch horror movies, so we went to the video store, and she's like, get what you want. 
and lo and behold, there was dead time stories on VHS. I'm like, that's all me. And by the way, this is how I watched a lot of what I now consider classic movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th, and Silent Night, Deadly Night, of it being the biggest one, uh, is over at friends' houses. Mainly, I've got, I had two or three friends that I was able to do this with. And uh, so we would just load up on on VHS. I'm, oh, the stacks of you know, Slumber Party Massacre, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Um, oh, there was one. Beyond the Door was one I remember. The cre- uh, Creature, which is – I still am a big fan of Creature, uh, which is the uh, William Malone alien ripoff. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm derailing. Okay, back to Dead Time Story. So – we rent uh, dead time stories, and uh, obviously back then you don't really know what the thing's about, so pop it in, and it's an anthology movie akin to Creepshow 1 and 2. Um, so the storyline is very basic and simple and straightforward. Uh, this uncle is watching his, uh, his nephew, and... The nephew is scared and not tired and every and any excuse that a child has to not go to sleep. So he wants his his uncle to tell him bedtime stories. Well, of course the uh, the uncle will, but he, it's going to be uh, adult versions of bedtime stories. So which which is great. I I love that setup. Jeffrey Delman directed directed this movie, and he only has like one other actual feature length movie to his name. So, which is unfortunate. Because I'm going to tell you right now. I like this movie a lot. It actually was released in theaters. Obviously, it made two million seven hundred fifty dollars uh, in some odd whatever sense in uh, at the box office. Which, for a movie that from you know 1986 that uh, that is pretty much lost into obscurity on VHS, that's not that bad. And trust me when I say this movie, uh, this movie looks to be very low budget. I would say not even a million dollars. I can't imagine. There, there's no way this movie cost a million bucks to make. But it was still, it was shot on 35 millimeter. From what I can tell uh, from the awful, awful picture quality, It you can tell it is obviously shot on film. And there is some really good special effects in the movie, which I can, I can just imagine this thing being uh, remastered in like 4K. You know, and it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for a movie like this to be remastered in 4K or 2K with all it takes is an, a company like Arrow or uh, Scream Factory or one of these other companies to get a hold of it and release it. I would love to see this remastered because I have a feeling that it would look so good and it would look way more expensive than it actually does now because it looks cheap because it's and same with creature creature looks so cheap but i have a feeling that with a complete remaster job it would look a lot more expensive anyway so back to the story so the first story that uh our uncle tells the little boy is uh about a coven of witches and uh they are trying to bring their sister back to life, and by doing that, they have to make some crazy potion. And one of the ways they do that is by chopping off the uh, hand of uh, some preacher guy, priest guy, and which is a great special effect in the movie, by the way. And also the blood of a virgin. And uh, they, of course, have their little henchman guy, P. 
Peter, played by Scott Valentine. And I would guess that there's a lot of people that probably know who Scott Valentine is. He was kind of kind of big in the 80s. Uh, he did a lot of a lot of stuff actually in the 80s. Lois and Clark was in the 90s actually, but he did um, he was on Matlock, Knight Rider, um, uh, Family Ties. He, that was one of his biggest roles was in Family Ties. But uh, then he was in some other like some more silly B-movie type stuff and some TV movies. Anyway, Scott Valentine, and he's the biggest name in this movie. So, Well, no, no. There's another one that, that is a name actor. So they get this guy to lure this pretty blonde girl into her ultimate demise so that they can bring back this uh, this witch creature thing. And um, the things I, I'm not going to spoil the movie. You can go check it out for free. But uh, needless to say, there is a great transformation scene in this segment which is the longest segment of the movie. Uh, that is, it reminded me a bit of Frank coming back to life in Hellraiser. Not as good. Set your expectations lower than Hellraiser. But the effects are really cool in a practical effects kind of slimy, icky sort of way. Uh, it was cool. But um, th- what's cool about this story is it has such a funny payoff that I wasn't expecting. And it's a genuinely funny payoff. So, um, for a very, you know, a gruesome subject matter type of thing, but it was a really fun, uh, fun first entry in this, in this anthology. So the kids still can't sleep. So uncle has to come up with another story. Well, let's do Little Red Riding Hood. So we have an adult take on Little Red Riding Hood. And, uh, this one here is really fun and it oozes like sleazy 80s. It just feels like a sleazy '80s short film, and I with werewolves, and it's really, it's really cool and really funny. Uh, I will say Matt Mittler, uh, he plays our our villain in this particular uh, story, and he actually was in some cool movies. He was in The Mutilator, and he actually is still working now. He uh, is a voice actor, I guess, in uh, the Pokemon series from 1998 to 2007, which is kind of cool. And um, he was in Basket, Basket Case Part 2. He was uh, he had a bit part in the Equalizer TV series back in the 80s. So, um, and, of, and he was Ed Jr. in The Mutilator. And Ed Jr. was the main guy from The Mutilator, which is a, it was a, it's a crazy 80s slasher classic. I really liked the movie. And, and uh, because I just watched Mutilator not that terribly long ago, when I watched this again, this morning actually, I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar. Man, yes, he looks so familiar. And then I'm like, ah, the Mutilator, there you go. Okay, so anyway. So Matt Mittler's in the movie. Um, and it plays out uh, kind of like the Red Riding Hood story, but I uh, just got to check it out. Now, it's needless to say, there's... Uh, a little TNA and a little bit of black leather pants, and it's just fun. I like that movie or that that segment in this movie quite well. Uh, kids still can't sleep. In fact, now he thinks there's a creature in his room. Is there a creature in his room? Well, watch the movie and find out. Segment three is Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and this one here is. By far the funniest one of the bunch. And this one, this whole movie is played more for laughs than scares, but it still is a horror movie. But this one here is about a group of crazies that escape from the loony bin. 
and uh, uh, they're killers and they're crazy and they go to their hideout, home, whatever. And there happens to be a psychic, also crazy woman, Goldie Locks, L-O-X, you see. And she, um, she's, it's the, 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 the storyline, uh, but they team up. Uh, the the uh, the bears and it's spelled of course B A E R so it's there's Mama Bear Papa Bear and Baby Bear and Mama Bear Judith Mama Bear is played by Melissa Leo and if you have ever heard of Melissa Leo she was actually in Oblivion and Prisoners and the Equalizer movie with Denzel Washington the Fighter uh, BoJack Horseman does the voice so. We officially have a big actor in this. Olympus has fallen. She's in that. So, um, yes, she was in Dead Time Stories. In fact, let's just do a quick search to see if that was her very first starring role because I can't imagine it wouldn't be. Um, okay, so she so she was in a, a movie called Street Walking. She was in a couple movies before Dead Time Stories, but... Uh, she was in Always, Street Walkin'. Then she did a TV movie called Silent Witness and then Dead Time Stories. But she's really funny in Dead Time Stories. Uh, as it, everybody in Dead Time Stories is hilarious. This, this particular short feels the closest thing to a trauma movie. But, and I, I say that in a good way. It has uh, the feeling of a of a fun trauma movie, not one of their garbage trauma movies, but more akin to like a uh, class of Newcomb High or Toxic Avenger or Poltergeist. It has that feel where it's almost slapsticky humor, knowing that it's bad and just going with going for it and going with it. And it works really well. And I believe that a lot of the cuts were from this segment, which is odd because it's so played for laughs. I'm like, I can't, so weird how the MPAA was was back then. It's so stupid. Um, anyway, so really funny. And then we go back to Uncle and the Kid, and there's a little zinger in the end. And then the credits roll, and you're done. And it's a breezy, fun 81 minutes of uh, totally unpretentious 80s uh, silliness. And I got to tell you, I, I have watched this movie so many times. Uh, I... I never get tired of it. I always laugh. I always enjoy it with a smile on my face. And every time I watch it, ever since uh, DVD, well, ever since I got the uh, the awful quality DVD, I've just been like someone. Sometimes some company somewhere is going to release this in some sort. I mean, even at this point, I would be even okay with a legit DVD release that is – in the correct aspect ratio. Cause this was not in this is 35 millimeter. This is not a, a four by three. This has got to be at the very least uh one eight five. I can't imagine that this would have been shot in scope, but this is, this needs a widescreen release. Um, and you can even tell by the intro, like this has a great intro with, um, with the beginning credits of the movie is, this, this book that I'm talking about on the cover of the poster, there is an actual book in this movie, and it's kind of an animated type thing. And you see this monster's hand turning the pages, and every page that the monster turns, it says, you know, starring this person, directed by this person, and blah, 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 producer, blah, blah, blah. And like every now and then, the monster arm changes to a different looking creature arm. So there's one that looks like maybe Shrek the Ogre, and then eh, whatever. And 
it's just really cool and funny. Um, and it plays like that's that's an intro credit scene that I would never want to fast forward because it's cool and unique and funny. So anyway, this to me is a lost gem. Uh, and it's just sad that it's from 1986. It's not that it's not that old, but um, maybe it's because it's in public domain that that no one has jumped on it to to remaster it and release it. But I personally think that something like this, especially with a nice amount of extra retrospective interviews, a lot of the people that probably almost all the people involved in this movie are more than likely still alive. So, you know, do a bunch of retrospective things and, you know, original shooting locations, which I believe the shooting location for this movie was Connecticut. Uh, what's Matt, what's Scott Valentine doing right now? Get him, get him to do an interview. I don't know. Come on, someone out there, a studio that's listening, Arrow, please get your hands on this thing. Release it. I'll buy it. I promise. So anyway, Dead Time Stories, it's a really cool movie. Check it out. It's free. Um, but I would be happy to pay money to own a legit nice version of the movie. Anyway, okay. I've spent enough time on Dead Time Stories. Uh, a couple other things here because um, I have a little bit of time. Uh, some other movies that I watched recently and that I want to hit on real quick. One of them, and I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this episode strictly underbelly. I was thinking about talking about Star Trek Beyond, the new Star Trek movie, but I'm like, you know what? I, no, let's keep it underbelly. This show. So you're getting the grime this episode, okay? It's all straight up horror. I watched another movie called Amazonia, the Catherine Miles story. Hmm, is it good? Listen to find out. Amazonia. Um, Amazonia. Let's just do a quick search online here. Um, I have a feeling that I'm not going to be able to... Uh, hey, there it is. Um, okay, so... Um, this movie was an uh, Italian movie. And you want to talk about a ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox, obviously. By now you should know this is an Italian production. Uh, this is your movie. This one here, I actually forgot that I had. I actually had a, a a copy of this thing from uh, a, a VHS or a, I'm sorry, a DVD-R rip of this from Italy. I mean, the literally the uh, the um, when I popped it in, I was like, oh, it's from Italy. Okay, that's something. Um, White Slave is <laughs> that's the official title, but Amazonia, uh, Violenza in Amazonia is another title for it. It was released on August 9th, nineteen eighty five. So, boy, a year after I or a, a day after I turned eleven, th this movie was released in Italy. So, yay! It was directed by Mario Garizzo. Or Roy Garrett. Well, take your pick. Roy Garrett was on the credits, but here it's let's just call him Mario. And rest in peace, Mario. He died in 2002. He also, oh, actually, okay, this is interesting. Here he wrote uh, the Eerie Midnight Horror Show, which I just watched recently from Code Red. So hey, I like them apples. Um, and he directed a ton of stuff that I'm looking at on IMDb here that I don't uh, – there's one called Enter the Devil. And there was one called Very Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. That says Roy Garrett. Eyes Behind the Stars as Roy Garrett. Um, 
But then some of the other stuff, he goes by Mario Gariazzo. So anyway, Amazonia. Seriously, it's a toned-down version of Cannibal Ferox and Cannibal Holocaust. They're mashed together into this white slave movie. And it, but here's the thing. It genuinely is a fun movie, and it's, it's fast-paced. It's a young woman. She's out for revenge uh, after her parents are murdered, and she is taken prisoner by a uh, tribe of headhunters in the Amazon jungles. And so she's, she's stuck with this group of cannibals, and they're trying to indoctrinate her into their culture and their tribe. And all the while, she's trying to escape. And this whole movie is done by way of um, uh, her on trial for a murder that we have yet to find out what exactly, uh, what exactly happened. But she's on trial. So she, this is her story, you see. Um, so along the way, there's, uh, there's, I would tell you there's some nudity, but that would be a lie. There is, there's so much nudity in this. Pretty much someone is naked on screen for most of the movie. So, uh, this is, uh, this is the first of two movies that were, uh, that actually changed their title to Cannibal Holocaust 2 to capitalize on that movie, um, so anyway, and it, the movie claims to be based on a real event, whatever. It's not. It No, it's not. So uh, anyway, the, the cover of this thing is so great. It's this blonde, almost naked white woman tied upside down on this big bamboo pole and two uh, buff uh, Amazonian dudes with full body paint, whatever, are carrying her away to unspeakable atrocities await. Uh, so, and I, I gotta say, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hardcore stuff in this movie. It never, ever reaches the heights of Ferox and Holocaust, but this one definitely fits in quite nicely. There's beheadings and there's, uh, sacrificial rite type stuff and there's deflowering of, yeah, you get the picture. It was something. But, um, Hey, if you're into this sort of thing, it's if you're into this sort of thing and Ferox and Holocaust are a bit much, this one here is definitely a notch down. It's still hardcore, especially for its time. I'm guessing that if if it was released in uh, the United States, I'm guessing it was. I would imagine that it was probably heavily edited. Um and more than likely the version that I watched uh it probably heavily edited, but anyway, so, and there is a couple of animal scenes in the movie as well. So, you know, it, again, it doesn't reach the heights of slaughtering a tortoise and uh, a muskrat and uh, uh, all the crazy stuff that they do in those other two movies. Here, there's a couple scenes and there's some grub eating as well. Uh, you know, all the fun things that happen in a, in a good old-fashioned Italian cannibal movie can be found here. It's just the appetizer before the main course of Ferox and Holocaust. So, uh, anyway, um, check the movie out. It is fun. I enjoy it. It's, uh, damn it. Every single time I'm podcasting, that's when people have to text me. Son of a bitch. Okay, anyway. So, sounds to my phone. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so, I believe that the movie is only available on disc. 
I would I would highly advise if you are going to watch it, try to track the movie down and and pick it up on DVD. Uh, another one, another one that I would love to see on Blu-ray that I would easily buy. The movie has um, has great cinematography, and you can tell this movie was shot somewhere in the Amazon, and I, I like that. And that's what elevates some of these movies, like Ferox and Hol- I keep saying Ferox and Holocaust, but you watch these movies, and it's like. They they packed up their gear and got their actors and they headed to the jungle and they shot in the jungle under obviously really, really poor circumstances. And I I admire that and I commend them for doing that because I am sure that that stuff is not easy to do, even on a, a very low budget. So especially on a very low budget. But, uh, you know, they did it and it's a good movie. So check out, um, let's just call this movie at this point, let's just call it White Slave, shall we? Because it's so un-PC and crazy and I love my grindhouse-y trashy movies. So anyway, there is your double dose today of some cool low-budget 80s fun. White Slave and Dead Time Stories. And also, I believe that uh, Dead Time Stories also went by the name uh, Grim Fairy Tales, I think. Um, I thought that there was another name that this movie went by. Um, it doesn't matter because Dead Time Stories is how you can find it. So who cares? Um, okay. Stay tuned for another rip roaring episode of Movie Freaks heading your way. And, um, I will, uh, of course be back soon to talk more horror. I have watched several other movies that I was hoping to get to, but I've just been, uh, too busy. Uh, and uh, I want to keep my show at around a half hour, or I could keep going. But if you want to hear my take on Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, tune in to our Movie Freaks podcast, because I drunkenly stammer and stumble my way through that complete mess on our more most recent episode that should be up here soon on iTunes. But anyway, um, hey, thanks as always for listening. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or comments or movies that you think I should watch. Or if, hey, if there's a Blu-ray out there that you're like, dude, you need to check this thing out. Or, you know, hey, it's Region B, but try to import that thing and watch it and chime in on your thoughts on it. I would love to hear from you. Um, And, of course, give our uh, Movie Freaks podcast a listen. We always appreciate that. And uh, our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks, please listen to their show, too. I was actually impressed. Steve, my buddy Steve on uh, Cinema Sidekicks, he uh, took the time to watch Mario Bava's Bay of Blood and Lucia Fulci's House by the Cemetery, two movies that I quite like. I love House by the Cemetery and uh, enjoy the the Giallo uh, early slasher beginnings that is a Bay of Blood. So I have... Appreciate that there are people out there listening to what I like and watching those types of movies. I think that's great. So anyway, that's my show for the day. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.